Hi, my name is Danielle and you're listening to Crime and Mystery Canada. On this podcast, we discuss subjects that might be creepy to some and sometimes even frightening. Some of our episodes will deal with serious subject matter, while others will be more lighthearted. Please keep in mind that I am not an expert on any of the topics I cover, just an interested party, and as always, listener discretion is advised. Hi everyone, I'm Danielle. And I'm Nadine. And this is our Halloween special. So on tonight's episode, everything is unscripted. Um, We're just going to be talking to different people, figuring out some experiences they've had where they've had maybe a ghostly or a paranormal encounter. So Nadine's with me tonight and she's going to be talking about her experience. So I have my own experience. I wouldn't call it, um, well, I don't know. I'll let you decide. I am just a to give like context, um, I'm a lot like you in the sense of I am the most pragmatic, logical human being ever and yeah. don't really, I, I respect people who believe in different things or who are spiritual, but I'm just a very logical science-driven person. Right. So we were talking about this off of mic earlier, but like, I'm not, I don't not believe in ghosts or the paranormal. It's just my brain always wants to find a logical explanation and I'm pretty sure I could walk up to a ghost and they could ectoplasm all over me and I'd still be like I'm pretty sure I can figure this out yeah like I'm the same way like my brain will immediately I'm so I'm such a skeptic when I I do believe in deep-rooted connections okay and this is why so when I was in grade I believe grade five I still like I very distinctly remember this I was at school and we were it was recess and we were in the auditorium our school would do like these like mini dances at lunch uh, we did that too sometimes so and I still remember I was in the auditorium at school with friends and we were having fun and we were probably dancing to like mbop or something I don't know (laughs) all of a sudden just had this really bad feeling and I like went off to the side and I sat down and I just started like crying and kind of like like shaking I was really upset and a couple of my friends came over and they're like what's wrong you know you're in like grade five so they were like did I was you know All probably my first little boyfriend at that point but they were like was did Julia break up with you I remember being like did Julia no, break up with you we didn't <laughs> we held hands for the first time oh that that's exciting but I was like something's really wrong with my dad and they're like what what do you mean and I was just like I don't know I just know something is really really wrong with my dad and again this is before cell phones and before you know the immediate accessibility people and my dad traveled a lot for work and he was supposed to be away that whole week he was mostly away from like Monday to Friday mm-hmm. and I was just like I was panicking almost like having a panic attack teachers came over and they're like my friends are like we don't know what to do and I was just like I just know that something is really 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 wrong I didn't know you in, in grade five but you're not. I'm not a dramatic. Over, you're not person, an overly right? dramatic person. So everyone's just kind of like, okay, this is weird. To the point that my teacher actually let me call home, and I had a my mother was stay at home mom, and I called home, and she didn't answer, and that was unusual because she was one a stay at home mom. It also my mom didn't have a driver's license, and we lived in the country, so it would it would be unusual she for my mom to not to not be home, right? And I was just like really upset for the rest of the day. Finally, just kind of got through the rest of the day. My brothers and I, I have two brothers and we all got on the bus and I was just, I kept saying like, something's wrong with dad. And they're like, you're freaking us out. This is really weird. To the point my oldest brother was like, stop, you're scaring our little brother. And we get off the bus and my mom wasn't home and we were too young to be home alone. So again, 
my mother was reliable. It was very unusual. You weren't latchkey kids. That no. was really unusual. That was very unusual. So immediately our neighbor came running over and there she was like, come on over, come over. Your mom told me to come get you guys. And then I, I was freaking out. I was like, what happened? What is going on? So to make a long story short, my dad had decided to come home early. He came home from a business trip or whatever early. And in Moncton, there's a pretty big rotary just mm-hmm. like right in the city. And he was coming onto the rotary and he had just like a small... Not a sports car. Like it was a four car, four door stick, like but sedan. it was a low to the ground car. Okay. And a huge transport truck did not see him whatsoever, and just literally changed lanes and went over. Like my dad's car went under. He national me. lampooned it. Yeah. And so, like, totaled the car. It was a really bad accident. And later on, I found out that it happened at eleven forty five in the morning, and that was when my lunch hour was and it was so weird like there was absolutely like, I have no idea why I just knew in my gut in my soul that something had happened to my dad and something did yeah and it was was he hurt weird. he was surprisingly he came home that night like it wasn't it wasn't very it wasn't serious. tragic yeah. you know there was no ICU but yeah he was he was definitely hurt and the car was totaled and it, you know, it was a major accident but yeah it was so weird like I just knew something for had some reason happened to him have you ever since had a similar experience or was that the strongest most notable Um, one definitely the strongest most notable one I've always been a person who I've always called it like instinct and gut feeling I think I think most women who listen to their intuition have that Mm -hmm. I think I've had moments where I've avoided situations or gotten out of situations that could have turned really badly but weren't nefarious you know what I mean like weren't bad like you know you're at a party you're at a bar you're at a something and you just have that spidey sense that feeling of like I don't want to to be here I need to get out of here something's up um I was also notorious for knowing when we were gonna get like busted for something as kids like I still remember I was 16 and we were at this camp with partying with a bunch of friends we had taken like four wheelers into the woods and obviously all lied to our parents all told them we were somewhere else and people were drinking and stuff and all of a sudden I was just like ah crap they were like what my mom knows we're busted and they're like what (laughs) and you know my mother she's a little bit scary and your mom your mom knew everything everything I swear but I was like I'm not gonna drink because I know as soon as we get out of these woods like I'm busted and Lo and behold, we came out of the woods and she was waiting. My parents are waiting in the car with the trailhead. So like I've, I've had like those moments, but that was definitely the, the most significant one. Right. Yeah, that is, uh, I've never had anything like that happen. So I have another spooky story. Spooky. I'm trying to remember. I think it was like a friend of a friend who told us this because we, um, my husband and I had gone to hike um, uh, Mount Katahdin, which is the last mountain uh, from of the Appalachian Trail mm-hmm. and so it's in Maine right yes it's in Maine in the states and um I think it was someone maybe at like the campground that we were staying at told us the story I can't remember because they had just finished a large portion of the Appalachian and we had talked about wanting to do it and they told us a story about a girl a woman I shouldn't say a girl a woman who hiked uh, a large portion of it if not all of it by herself mm-hmm. and um when she got back, she so this was before the time of digital cameras, or just like you know, digital cameras were probably coming out, but not you everyone were still using them. film as well. Yeah. So when she got back from her trip, and again, she was completely alone this entire hike. When she developed her um, pictures, there were a bunch of pictures of her sleeping <gasps> in her tent. I almost want to cry. That's so scary. Isn't that? 
terrifying. Nothing happened. She was never missing any of her things. She never sensed anyone. That's but there worse, were though. pictures of her. So unless she was sleep taking selfies. But you could tell if it was a selfie. Right? And she said, like, especially with an old film camera, because you can't see where you're aiming. And you you hear, I just think, I don't know what kind of camera it was, but like you would hear that like click in that word. Right? Yeah. And you had to crank them. To crank them them if it's like a disposable one. I don't, did you have to do that on the non disposable I can't remember. I think so. I hope that's not true because that's awful. So after that, I was always the person who wanted to, you know, I've always, you, you know, both of us have always been huge hikers and I've camped by myself. I've hiked a lot by myself and I've always wanted to do a multi-day trek by myself. And every time I think of doing it, I think of that story and I just like, well, now I will too. Thank you very much. I know. It's so that's creepy. the worst. Like, I mean, someone would have been getting in the tent, finding the camera, and then taking pictures of her. Isn't that terrible? But like who knows? After a day of intense hiking, you might conk out and like... Because I'm a light sleeper as well, but like it's different exhausting. if you've spent a whole day in the outdoors doing something... Just I, imagine that feeling when... Okay, so you remember the days of film cameras and how exciting it would be when you would get your pictures because you, you don't know what you're going to get, right? You don't know if they're going to be gems. You don't, you don't know remember. if they're going to be terrible. You're not exactly sure. She'd been hiking like... To do, well, the Appalachian Trail itself is huge. So I'm mm. not sure, but I think it was like she was out for like a few weeks. And then imagine, you know, you get your little paper package envelope with your pictures and then you start going through them. And then the first one, you're like, what? I don't remember taking that. And then you see like another How one. How could I have taken that? I'm clearly asleep. And then another one. And then another one. <laughs> so that also means someone would have been following her the whole time and waiting. Until she was in a deep sleep. And then go, ugh. There's something. There's something wrong. And like, how do you recover from that? Like, if I was the person that had happened to I would never go camping solo again. I would never be alone. There'd be locks everywhere. Locks everywhere and no cameras near me. Yeah. Ever. Anyways, that's my creepy one. So I don't want to go I feel like I never told you that. Camping anymore. You may have. I just blocked it out. (laughs) Well, thank you for sharing. No problem. My pleasure. Hope you have a happy Halloween and eat lots of candy. You as well. Thank you. Hi, everyone. I'm Danielle, and I'm here with Corey. Hello. You're listening to our Halloween special. You have a few stories to share. Tidbits. They're not your own. No. But it does seem like your parents' house might be haunted. I th- it's probably the land. Why do you think it's the land? I think it's the land because... Um, they witnessed something at their neighbor's house, too. Right. So you think it's like the land in the area kind of thing? Yeah, I'm sure it used to be some kind of property before it was cut up into, you know, residential properties. So your parents live in St. John? Yeah, they live in Grand Bay, the Martinon area. Before we get into exactly what happened to them, do you yourself believe in ghosts or spirits and things like that? I think it's... I th- there's a few things I think with that. I think it's sort of, um, it's sort of like my belief on aliens. Like it's, I think if we don't really understand the world around us enough to sort of say a- aliens don't exist, and maybe it's possible the ghosts exist as well. So you feel like it, you're not sure either way, but you think we have a lack of understanding enough to make it, like make a judgment either yeah. way. Yeah, I'm leaning towards no, but there's a lot of people that have seen a lot of stuff. 
Same, yeah. thing, same thing with aliens. There's no real proof yet, but um, maybe. Yeah, I think we're on the same page about that. I like to say I don't believe in ghosts, but I actually don't not believe in them either. It's just I've never, I don't have concrete proof. Therefore, I'm not sure whether or not they exist. And myself, I don't have a ghost story to share. I've never had any ghostly encounters. I will, after you tell what you have to tell, I will um, share the scariest experience I ever had, though, which had nothing to do with ghosts, but... Okay. Okay, so what happened? <laughs> I, I just talked to my dad the other day, and he was saying that, um, and this could be it could be a thing too, just where he might have been overtired. But anyways, I, my parents aren't the type of people to really kind of get into sort of stories and stuff that don't add up. Like they're not really like. No, they're not. Like I refer to my dad. I think on this episode, I don't know in what order these stories are going to be, but I refer to him as a teller of tall tales. Yeah. Your parents aren't like that. No, they don't really dabble in whimsy, <laughs> we'll say. <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, I just wanted to sort of clear the air on that first. So, and I should I should point out that this is their second house, and I don't recall ever hearing any stories. But With any, the first one? Yeah, nothing like that in the first one, so... so Back when their house was the cottage, so my parents uh, bought a, a cottage back that was built back in the 1930s, and I think we bought it in early 2000s, I think. Okay. And there used to be a cottage on the on the property, and they were keeping an eye on the neighbor's house at one point. The neighbors were away, so they were just sort of making sure nothing was going on. Yeah, exactly. There used yeah. to be a little bit more crime in the area, just like teenagers breaking into stuff back in those days. So, yeah, they were keeping an eye on the house, and Mom had noticed that there was uh, somebody sitting in the rocking chair in the front of the of the house. My parents live on the St. John River, and it's a, a great view. The neighbor's house uh, especially had a great view as well. And um, she had said that she'd noticed a woman in the rocking chair sort of looking out at the river, and then she claims that the woman rocking looked her way and just looked back. And then Mom kind of did like a double take, and she was gone. Is that kind of, yeah, like one of those experiences of I saw something out of the corner of my eye, but just a little bit more elaborate? Yeah, I think so, yeah. So that was, well, my mother, uh, she, I know she's, <laughs> so when we stay at their house, she goes down and, and remakes the room mm -hmm. uh, that we stay in. And she, she hates it. She hates going in that room because she says she feels a real presence in that room. We're staying there this weekend. <laughs> yeah. That's not something I want to hear. Because even if I'm not sure if I believe in ghosts, I am still afraid of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. So, yeah, basically when she goes in, she goes in, rips the sheets off the bed, chucks them in the laundry, and basically gets the hell out of there. Is it the basement or specifically that room? I think it's that room. Okay. She does not like that room for some reason. But that's just how she feels, and, and she isn't one of those people that sort of facilitates things like that. Also, she listens to the podcast. Hi, Bonnie. <laughs> um, so there's that. My father um, used to work for Canada Blood Services um, setting up donation clinics. Mm -hmm. And he was uh, doing a longer trip. I think it was, so it would have been fairly late at night. Um, that man can drive for ages and ages and ages. So he was really great at that because they would have to drive all over the Maritimes setting up blood clinics and he'd always have to drop people off and then come home. So after a particularly long night, um, he went home and was sitting on the couch just sort of unwinding before he went to bed and he had seen somebody walk through the snow on the front deck. So uh, the living room looks out over the St. John River, like I said, and he saw a woman walking across the deck and he 
like was startled. He sat up really quick. He didn't see any footprints. And then he, it dawned on him that maybe it was the reflection in the window. So he turned around and then looked down the hallway and, and he didn't see anything. And again, he's definitely like probably even more so than mom, not the type of person to sort of, he doesn't do tall tales. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's, um, and again, you know, he's tired. He's, he might be half out of it. Who knows? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, mom tells the story, too, where she was sitting on the couch one night and uh, she heard, like, a creaking on the floor and she felt, like, a cold hand grab her by the shoulder or touch her shoulder. And at that moment, um, their dog, Mocha, was, like, just barking and, and yapping over my mother's shoulder. Um, and, you know, like, that really freaked my mom out. You know, you could imagine that as well. Like, you, your brain can do a lot of crazy things. But the part that about all this that's really interesting is that my parents, um, they would be in bed and they hear like a ton of noises from the kitchen where they'd hear like drawers closing and opening and closing, um, silverware sort of clattering. And they used to find furniture that was moved in the house as well. Oh, that's a poltergeist. <laughs> Done some research, have you? No, I just watched the movie Poltergeist when I was okay. a kid. <laughs> I mean, after all this, um, my dad actually... And I don't really know what his beliefs are on it, but he actually went out one night in the living room kitchen. It's sort of like an open area. Um, and he had said, I want you to leave. You're scaring my wife. And he, he said, honestly, like, we haven't heard a sound since then. And mom had even asked him, like, hey, we haven't heard, like, the ghost in a long time. And he's like, well, I asked her to leave and I haven't heard anything since. I mean, at least it's a polite ghost. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we have a mutual friend that actually stayed at the house as well, and, and she claims that she had sort of experienced something in that room in the basement as well. Well, it's going to be an interesting <laughs> weekend. And we're staying there Halloween night. Yeah, we are. <laughs> oh, this sounds like a terrible plan now. Yeah, well, we can stay and dole out candy. To I'll sleep on the couch upstairs. There you go. Have you ever had any kind of ghostly paranormal encounter? Nothing. No. no. So the closest I've had, which I think it was just a defective dryer, but <laughs> I was living in an apartment in just on the outskirts of Toronto, like by Etobicoke area. And in the basement where we lived, myself and my partner at the time, there, we had a washer and dryer. And anytime you dried laundry, so it was like you would come out of the living room around a corner down a little hall and the laundry was there and the bedroom was just off to the right. Every time you dried laundry, but at some point during the cycle, it would go off, but you knew it wasn't done yet. Yeah. So you'd go down the hall and the laundry, or the, the dryer door would always be open and there'd always be a sock on the floor. And I was telling a friend about that just kind of laughing about the fact that the dryer always stopped and the door popped open and a sock came out. And she was saying that it was probably a ghost that was doing it. <laughs> and then she got all freaked out and never wanted to come to my house. Oh my God, really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but honestly, like to me, I don't, I think it was just a problem with the dryer and socks are little things that are easy to fall out of well, a dryer. It's, it's probably some static on the sock or something. And yeah, the latch on the door is with a little metal tab that's, that keeps the door closed was probably wearing out. I mean, it was a very self-effacing ghost if it was a ghost. <laughs> like, it really was not threatening at all. Yeah. The scariest thing that ever happened to me, which, again, was not ghost-related at all, actually happened at that same apartment. So I used to work an evening here and there, and I was working in North Mississauga. So it was a pretty long bus ride to come back home. 
so if I finished work at like 8 30 it easily be like 9 30 by the time I got off the bus and then I had about mm, like a seven minute walk to get back home so being a woman alone walking is especially in a big city is kind of freaky So I'd always try to be really careful and watch my surroundings as I was walking back home. And it was more of a residential neighborhood, so there wasn't a lot of people walking around. I was just turning into my driveway. I don't even know how to say this. So I just turned into my driveway, and in Toronto you have like these recycling bins, but they're enormous. Okay. Okay. So I just turned into the driveway and was walking by our recycling bins when someone jumped out <laughs> of one of the recycling bins screaming. Yeah. So I proceeded to just shove the recycling bin, which almost tipped over. Turns out it was just... Some kid. No, it was my partner. Oh, wow. Yeah, who thought... I don't even know how he knew I was coming. Yeah. Because there's no way he could have seen me from the direction I was coming from. He got it in his head that it would be funny to hide in the recycling bin and scare me. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that is probably the most frightened and angry I've yeah. ever been in my life. Um, I am no longer with that person. <laughs> I mean, it would be funny to see on YouTube or something, but <laughs> I don't think I would do that to you. But also, I think it's actually kind of, it was a cruel thing to do. Yeah. I don't think... Like, knowing that you're already nervous walking home later at night yeah, in the dark. Yeah, I mean, dark, if it was in the middle of the day or something, I wouldn't be like... I don't know. I thought it was disrespectful and it was very mad. But that was probably the most scared I've been in my life. Yeah, I don't really have any, like, major, major scary things. I remember we had a friend who had a birthday party and we watched Silver Bullet by Stephen King, which I have not seen to this day because as a little kid, it, like, terrified me. And then we we decided that his birthday's in September too, so it's like late September. So what we what we did is watch two horror movies. I forget what the other one was, and then we decided to walk the loop of the woods in back behind our neighborhood. That was like pretty scary. I mean, I've had scary times like watching The Ring mm. and being completely terrified and ending up like dragging a mattress into the middle of the living room <laughs> and sleeping in the living room with my roommate because right we were the both. TV. We had actually, we turned the TV towards the wall and put the DVD in the freezer. <laughs> did you actually? Yes, we did. Oh my God. But like, I, again, that's just being scared from something you watched. Yeah. It's not an actual encounter. Well, thanks for sharing your secondhand story. Yeah, there you go. You should do a podcast called Secondhand Stories. Secondhand Probably stories. already is one. Yeah, probably. That's kind of a bummer. I just <laughs> stumbled across a great idea that's most likely gone. Well, just listen for our new podcast, Secondhand Stories, coming soon. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a good night. Good night. So I'm here with Michelle. Hello. (laughs) Um, She has a few creepy stories for our Halloween special. I think you have some about some stuff that happened around your house. I do. I have some that happened here. I have some that happened at the last house that I was living in. And I have a story from my old work site. So which one would you like to start with? Um, I think I'm going to start with the one here. It's not quite a haunting story. It's more, I don't know if it's a spiritual type, entity type, creepy story. What happened was I was on the phone with a friend of mine, kind of late at night after I put the kids to bed. And 
um, the friend that I was speaking to just so happens to be a very spiritual person. She does Reiki and she's kind of an intuitive and that kind of thing. I heard somebody coming down the stairs and it was my daughter and she was really freaked out because she said that she couldn't sleep. How old was she? Um, I think she was 10 at the time, 10 or 11. So anyway, she came into my room and she was really freaked out and she said, I can't sleep because there's two or three things looking at me in my room. So she kind of tends to be a bit of an intuitive, in my opinion. She's very sensitive. And so it just happened that because I was on the phone with my friend, I said, oh, well, my daughter's really freaked out and she she knows my daughter. And I said, "Uh, I need to go put her to bed. And she said, well, what's the problem? And I said, well, she's scared. So she said, well, ask her if she wants me to go concentrate and clear her room Mm -hmm. of the energies or whatever. And uh, so I did. And she said, so my friend said, I'm just going to put the phone down. Just give me a couple minutes and I'll focus on clearing the room and then I'll pick up the phone again. While she was doing that, uh, my daughter again said there's two or three things in my room and they're looking at me so I can't sleep and I'm really scared. Eventually my friend uh, takes the phone again and she said yeah there was uh, there was two things in there so ask your daughter if she wants to go check her room out. So so we did we went up the stairs and she just was like oh yeah they're gone and she jumped into bed and went to sleep. Which to me was like the biggest indicator that there was actually something weird in there. Yeah. So that's this house that we're s- sitting in right now? Oh, yeah. It's the room that you were sleeping in later. Right? Oh, great. <laughs> well, it's been cleared. It's been I'm, cleared. I'm <laughs> she actually, after that, I think that was the last time she ever said anything was in her room. Right. I thought it was very interesting, especially where she went from terrified to just sleeping. So that was the first one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's the second one? Okay, so the second one happened uh, in the old farmhouse that I used to live in about three and a half to four years ago. How old was the farmhouse? Um, it was over a hundred years old. So this is like you picture the you picture an old property. There was even an old well in the basement that was covered up, kind of. Kind of makes you kind of realize how old it was. Yeah, people don't usually have wells in their house. Not these days, right? Yeah. So it was. it's a very old property. And it's the type of place where you would hear walking upstairs when nobody was up there. You would hear creaks and just some strange little things, but nothing too crazy. But one evening I was sitting in the kitchen and this was a, a very like pretty large house like I think it was 36 or 3700 square feet like kind of big so like you shouldn't you don't you wouldn't really hear people speaking from upstairs or across the other side of the house but anyway I'm sitting in the kitchen having a glass of wine I'm kind of chatting with one of my friends and it was probably I think it was about 11 o'clock at night so all the lights were out it's nighttime the kids were all asleep upstairs when you say chatting with one of your friends was she there or you're like chatting online or oh yeah it was online I was just like on messenger or something like that I heard something upstairs and a minute later I heard mama and I answered because I thought it was my son So I'm like, we? And then I'm looking around and I'm like, oh, there's nobody here. So I'm like looking for my son. 
I go to the living room, no kid, walk all the way upstairs. He's passed out in bed. I check every room. Everybody's asleep. So I was like... Oh my god, something called you mommy. Mm-hmm. So I... That's scary. It was... It, well, at, at first it wasn't that bad. I thought, maybe I imagined it, whatever. I mean, you probably hear that eight million times I a day. I definitely do, but... Not that that time of night. Yeah. And it was weird to me that it sounded exactly like... It sounded exactly like my son. It wasn't like a kid. It was that kid. Anyway, so I went back to where I was. And maybe 10 minutes later, Mama. I'm like, wee, wee. And I'm looking around, looking for my son. He's not there. Go look upstairs. Everybody's passed out. Are you the only adult in the house at this point? Um, yes. Your partner wasn't there. No. But but also I think I try to find reasons or what it could be. Right. But at that time I was like, definitely heard that second one for sure. So it happened one more time after that. I looked around. I went upstairs. Nobody's walking around. Nobody's sleepwalking. And I went to bed. (laughs) I couldn't handle it anymore. Did you hide your head under the blankets? I didn't because I wanted to make sure I could hear the kids if they woke up. <laughs> well, I felt better once I was actually upstairs because, I mean, I know they're, they're kids or whatever, but at least you're like, well, there's everybody's in the same area. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, remember when we were little and, like, there was a power outage and my mom, well, my mom, our mom would have us all sleep in the same room? Right. I remember specifically that first house we lived in when we moved. Yep. And we all slept in the living room. I remember night. that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was kind of neat. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's that story. That's the bigger story from that house. And then you have one that is. I have one from my old work location. I was going to say, I thought it pretty was pretty interesting. Related. Yeah. So, back in 2004, when I started working, I was working the front desk on a night shift. And. Do you want to say where you worked? Like, what setting? Oh, it was so it was a prison setting. Yeah. So I'm working, I'm new, I'm working front desk. And so when you're working front desk, you're like answering phones and such, but usually it doesn't really ring very much during the night. On a night shift, it's pretty quiet. Yeah. Uh, the women from the house is, I believe, could call down to the phone for emergency reasons. I think it's been, a, it's a long time now. So anyway, so I'm working the front desk and at some point during the night and there's nobody really around and the phone kept ringing. And when you oh work, my God, I just remembered this story. Okay. Sorry. Keep going. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, so when you work in that kind of setting, especially back then when a phone rang, you'd look at the number because it was also an alarm. Right. So if somebody was in danger, but you wanted to be subtle about it, you could unhook the phone and it would call elsewhere kind of, you know, so people go... Like a panic alarm. Right. Yeah. Right. So I kept looking at the number. So I wrote it down because I was brand new and I didn't really know where it was. Nobody was on the other end. Every time I answered, there was static, crackly noises, whatever. So eventually the people that I was working with came down to the front and I was like, listen, this number keeps calling and I don't, I can't really find it. What is it? And when I showed them the number, they kind of looked at me funny and I was like, what's going on? And they said, well, that number is from the old unit that we used to have that's been uh, bulldozed. 
to build a new building and there's no phone or anything. That line doesn't exist anymore. Nothing existing. But the number was that old number from that building just calling down to the main desk. That's crazy. Yeah, it kind of creeped me out. Yeah, it would creep me out too. Like given the setting, given the night shift, given all of that, for sure. Right. Yeah, um, I I didn't know at the time, obviously, but it, it wasn't the last time that it happened. And also there was like, there were other strange occurrences happening over there, mm-hmm. which along the years, I think that whole setting kind of... Um, Makes it easy to have some weird things happening from the past. Yeah. But anyway, that's definitely a memorable one. For sure. So, I don't know. Which one of the three was the scariest to you? Um, I think the one at the prison was only because at the time, I think I used to get creeped out easier than I do now. Yeah. I'm going to record this just because we might keep it. I don't have a story of my own, but... um. I was talking to dad and he he was telling me that when he was a teenager, there was a family not far down the road that he hung out with and he, in his words, they were all chickens (laughs) and one night they were all walking home and they were walking past a cemetery and he was trying to scare them. So um, our father has always been a teller of tall tales and apparently this started at a pretty young age. So they were walking past a cemetery and he started telling the kids that sometimes the gases from the bodies would rise up from the ground and form like glowing balls in the cemetery. (laughs) And as he was telling the story, a car drove by and like the headlights hit the gravestones and kind of looked like lights coming up from the ground. And the kids started screaming and running away. And dad was saying like (laughs) he had himself so worked up and into his story that he started running away as well. And he's like, I was booking it right after them. And all of a sudden went, wait, I made this whole thing up. (laughs) Like this is not even true. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty much sounds like something he would do. Yeah. So I guess that's my shared ghost story from someone else, (laughs) which is just a tall tale. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for sharing those. No problem. I hope you have a creepy Halloween. Well, same to you. Thank you. Night. Night. So I'm here with Padimil, and he has a local legend, I think, that you're going to be talking about, right? Yeah, that's right. So what I'd like to talk about is a legend. Uh, referred to as the Dungarvan Hooper. Okay. And the Dungarvan River is up in the Miramichi area. Yeah. Now, there's different variations on the story and uh, different ways of of telling how it happened. Stories were all passed down orally, so uh, this involves a lumber camp uh, during the winter time, so it was dark quite early. Yeah. And the only form of entertainment, I guess, was telling stories and see who could scare who. So when you say a lumber camp, you mean like the lumberjacks were in the wood for the season chopping wood, essentially? Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they worked hard. Yeah. And uh, they played hard to win. <laughs> so um, the, the, uh, the information that I'm talking about tonight I got on mysteriesofcanada.com there's a New Brunswick section on there and there's some interesting stuff so the Dungarvan Hooper the story revolves around a young man and they name him Ryan 
and apparently he's a tall, strong guy with black curly hair, and he arrived at this lumber camp uh, as a cook or a cook's assistant, and apparently he had everything he owned in a duffel bag, and he had a money belt full of coins and large bills. Okay, what year would this have been, like, ballpark? There's no year. The story's been going around. It probably dates back to the early 1800s. Okay. So, apparently, they liked him a lot around the camp because he was always in a good mood. And he, in the mornings, he'd, he'd get up earlier, early before everybody else. And he'd cook breakfast, and he'd fill the lunch buckets. And then he'd let out this hoop. Uh, ear-piercing hoop to wake all the lumberjacks up so they could come off and have breakfast. And then he'd go off to work and he'd be alone at the camp. So apparently on this day, um, some say it was a camp boss, some say it was a lumberjack, but this person decided to stay behind and spend the day with this Ryan while everybody was at work. Now, when the men returned from the from cutting wood in the evening, they found uh, young Ryan lying dead on the floor, and uh, his muddy belt was gone. And uh, when they asked the person what had happened, he said that the young guy just suddenly got sick and died. Right. So nobody asked any questions because apparently the boss was the law, so that whoever was running the camp, because the men were so rugged. Probably had to run with an iron fist. So. And honestly, they probably didn't have any law up there, right? So someone had to be it. Right, and the law was far. Yeah. So apparently, once uh, all of this happened, um, there's this big storm came up through the camp, the raging snowstorm. And uh, nobody could leave to bury the, the young fellow. So that night, there was a raging storm, and it was imp impossible for them to bury the cook. At some point, they claim that they buried it in the snow. Some stories say it was buried in the ground. At some point, while the men are going out to do their day's work, they can hear this hooping, these horrible screams through the woods, like they claim to never have heard. And it continued all night and the next day. And it just went on and on and on. That's where the, the, the Dungarvan Hooper came from. Right. They heard this hooping sound, and they got it in their mind that it was the ghost of this young cook. Ryan's spirit, basically. Right. And um, they, they, the story grew as it went on, and, and locals started hearing the hooper, and everybody was scared to go in that area. And apparently, as soon as the camp broke up in the spring, they left, all the, the lumberjacks left, and... The cat was never occupied again. Oh, wow. So that's how afraid they were to go there. So apparently where the body had been buried, either in the snow or in the shallow grave, nothing grows. There's just a patch of soil with no grass, no shrubs, nothing. Um, at one point, they had a priest from Renus, a father Murdoch, and he was asked to go to the area and try and put the spirit to rest. And he went up and blessed the soil, blessed the grounds, and read from the Bible. And some say that the ghost quietened up. Some say the priest ran away screaming, uh, terrified. Right. So all kinds of 
ex explanations on what this is. Some people claim it was a trained whistle, um, so I don't know. But I people there's that's a big wooded area up there. Mm -hmm. I've been through it all, and uh, in the woods at night, hearing animals that you don't even know make sound. Yeah. Um, making all this noise, so that that's where the stories came from. I have my own personal experience with the Dungarvan Hooper. Do tell. Um, <laughs> so many years ago, I went on a fishing trip near that area, and where we we had we had a canoe, so it was a two-day trip. Mm -hmm. So at one point, we had to camp in the middle of nowhere along the rivers. We stopped and we had a little campfire and made ourselves some supper. And, and through the night, the person that I was with woke me up, and he was scared to death. There was this screaming, I heard it, that it just went through your body. Yeah. And it sounded like a woman that was in terrible pain, just screaming. So, you know, it's quite, like, I, I, it scared me. Yeah, it's off-putting. Until, you know, I came to my senses, and you know, you're half asleep, and what I think it is, is the mating calls or the hunting calls of the bobcat or the lynx. Okay. They make an ungodly scream. Right. And uh, I think that's what the people were hearing. Well, I know it's like a fox screaming sounds awful. Like you swear someone's being murdered in your backyard. Right. So other animals do similar, make similar sounds. Well, you know, just go look up uh, uh, horseshoe hare uh, screaming when it's being attacked. And it sounds like a baby that's in misery. And that's the thing. Like, we don't look at these animals and think they make sound because most of the time when we see them, they don't. But it doesn't mean that they're not, like, especially if they're in heat or mating or in, in pain, like actually hurt, um, they might actually make those sounds. But in the middle of the woods, in the middle of the night, it would be pretty scary for anyone. And in that case with the lumberjack camp, like they just had a tragedy happen that they probably knew that someone in their midst had committed a crime. So they have that in the back of their mind and then this happens and it's just all the more terrifying. And I think also at that time people were a little more superstitious. And, yep. And probably believed in spirits and ghosts more than we do today depends who you talk to some people are really strong believers and others not but yeah i know what yeah. you're saying they had no form of entertainment so yeah they try to scare each other i uh, i asked this to pretty much everyone well like all my co-hosts contributed a story and i asked this question but do you actually believe in the paranormal and ghosts and things like that i do yeah i do and um more so after I started going to a specific area of the province where there's an old abandoned road that at one time was the main road to Fredericton. Okay. And when the settlers were given property to come and settle in New Brunswick, there was a lot of Irish that came, and Scots, and the, the soil was terrible. It was a terrible place that was not good for farming. They basically starved there. They were just struggling just to try and live day to day. And there's it hasn't been lumbered, it's along a river, and there's huge trees, and I found three different areas where there's foundations of houses, and um, there's something there, 
I, I feel very uncomfortable there. Okay. I'm, it's not fear. It's it's their pain. Yeah. That I feel. So yeah, I, yes, I do believe in it. Other than that, have you had any ghostly encounters in your life? No, I I don't think so. Yeah, but um, I, I I don't scare very easily. I spend a lot of time out in the forest and a lot of time by myself. I don't spook too easy, but that area of the province I find spooky. Yeah. I don't know. I there's something out there. There's things that we don't understand. Um, so. I prefer to think that there are spirits and ghosts. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Great. It's uh, the haunting time. It's the haunting time. It's it's creepy Halloween time. It'll be a different year for the kids that like to go out trick or treating, but maybe they, it'll make it a little a little spookier. Are Are they allowed to trick or treat in your area? Uh, yes, they are, but they're asking to know where you're going. And I, people have taken, you know, different measures, leaving the bowl outside. Yeah. I, there's even a young fella from the Fredericton area that made a treat cannon. Oh, yeah. I actually saw one. There's this, like, a giant snake going down a railing. So you just put your bucket out, and the person drops it down, and it goes down the railing and shoots into the kid's bag. All right. Well, I hope you have a creepy Halloween. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed our Halloween special. It was really fun to record and talking about different people's experience was really interesting. If you have any stories you'd like to add, please feel free to email me at crimeandmysterycanada at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at crimeandmysterycanada or you can join our Facebook group, Crime and Mystery Canada. I hope everyone has a creepy Halloween. Don't eat too much candy and have a good night. <laughs>